Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's do the right thing! Yeah! to a Christmas special of the podcast panel show that wants to do the right thing in any situation. For example, what is the right way to flame a Christmas pudding? Follow him on Instagram and call him a turd every time he posts the stupid raisin twat. <laughs> We're at the Pleasance in London. I'm Daniel Ward and with me trying to do the right thing this Christmas on my left. He's emptied his sack three times today already. It's Michael Legg. <laughs> And with him, like a tipsy axolotl in a lovely shirt, it's Chris Addison. <laughs> and on my right, she's a big fan of all of Jesus' work, it's Margaret Cabourn Smith. <laughs> you like his birthday the best. <laughs> yeah. And with her, she's done more pantos than anything else, it's Anna Mann. <laughs> Margaret, are you looking forward to Christmas? Um, yeah. Yeah, fine. Yeah, it's fine. Well, you, you have children, so is Christmas more special than my bleak loneliness? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris, do you celebrate the Christian <laughs> celebration of Christmas? Uh, I am a pagan, and so I, <laughs> I only celebrate Yule. In the, we have just a lot of chocolate in the shape of sort of turds. <laughs> <laughs> Are you looking forward to Christmas, Anna? Um, well, yes, yeah, Sue Clinch is coming round. Um, I don't know if you know her, she's horrible. Um, she's coming round just after I've finished eating. Um, and then she's just going to see what I've left. So that's how it usually works between us. She pays for it, I eat it, and then she picks up whatever's left. I won't be putting up decorations, though. Why not? Be- because I don't have a house. <laughs> so where is she coming to? Oh, come on, Margaret, what? <laughs> to so my I'm hotel, sorry. to my hotel, you know, so I'll put up some doilies and stuff. Um, <laughs> probably... is, that, is that normal that Christmas for you? That sounds that sounds nice. Well, Christmas can be a sad time, can't it? Because we think about all the people we lost, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Jesus. 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 First, did yeah. he die? He didn't die on he Christmas. Didn't di- no, no, he didn't no. die on Wouldn't Christmas. Wouldn't that be the perfect Alpha and the Omega? <laughs> what? If he died, bang Mary gives birth to a dead baby. <laughs> yes. Oh my God! Oh my God! This is the least. Three wise men. Well, we didn't keep a receipt. That's that fucked. Michael, and you laugh, but I'm sensing a fringe first here. <laughs> I really think there's something in this. Let's meet after this. We'll I'll email you or something. Can we do the show, please? Can we do the show? Um, as the Stranglers sang, no more heroes anymore, so can somebody please open the roses? It's round one. The importance of being white. That's a proper joke. <laughs> it's a proper... And if that had been on Have I Got News For You, you'd have been really grateful. 
But under these circumstances, no one was expecting it. (laughs) (laughs) Just like good King Wenceslas looking out upon the Feast of Stephen and discovering that Ocado have messed up the food order and only delivered a single jar of kimchi, I've run into some unexpected problems online. In this round, I'm going to give each team a festive fuck-up and they're going to tell me the right thing to do according to Rudolph, the red-nosed rain DNS error. <laughs> ben wrote that one, I didn't even get it. <laughs> Michael and Chris, as you gaze upon the corpses of the two burglars you've just brutally massacred, with some paint, a hot iron, and a bottle of stingy aftershave, you're feeling very zen. Nothing can break your super chill mood, not even their brain matter seeping out all over your new sheepskin rug. And what's that? Sleigh bells on the roof? Well, yes, Santa says you've been very good this year as he's from Texas and thinks killing intruders is fine. <laughs> Maybe he'll even take their limbs to feed the reindeer. You wait for his gifts to plop down the chimney, but nothing comes, the bastard. But it turns out there's a blockage. So what is the right way to get a squirrel out of your chimney, according to animalatticpest.com? <laughs> Dangle your nuts. Oh. I did not expect a yes. <laughs> you could take some nuts up onto the roof and yep. then mm-hmm. fire them from a gun at the squirrel. Propel the squirrel out. But the squirrel the likes nuts, so it'd open its mouth and all it would do is fill its lovely belly. I don't think that's how physics works. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you chose squirrel to enjoy physics. bullets, I don't think that's the way you can save your life. And like, then, oh, what's more Christmassy than sending an urchin up a chimney? <laughs> sea urchin? Yeah, yeah, send a cup sea urchin. urchin up, you flood your house. <laughs> you sort of shoo the urchin in the general direction whilst the, whilst the water's relatively low. And once it gets into the fireplace, then you put the rest of the flood water in, it rises up and <laughs> sticks to the squirrel. And then the squirrel. And of course, you've already tied the rope to the urchin. Oh, I was thinking going up, but you think come back down. But yes, obviously, you're going to have to get the water out because it's Christmas. This is And the definitely... whole point was to get Santa through the chimney. Yeah, I mean, we're making room for Santa. That's right. the important thing. Margaret mm. and Anna, are you, uh, yes. uh, have you ever had anything stuck up your chimney? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, a very melodramatic friend of mine thought she kept hearing things in the walls and sort of she kept saying I think there's something in there and we were all like yeah sure sure you know it's very much a Mm. hypochondriac person who makes stuff up and then um and then she did check in her chimney once and a crow flew out (laughs) and flew all around the room and they had to get rid of it you know that's a sign of death crow coming out yes (laughs) if a crow comes out your chimney you've got seconds normally (laughs) Based on superstition, I believe, if you believe in superstition, and I do, mm. you're literally looking at minutes of life left, if you're lucky. If did you're... they live? I'm sorry, yes, they did. Fuck, I knew it. I hate superstition. <laughs> <laughs> there was um, at one Edinburgh festival, the flat I lived in was overrun with mice. Mm. And I'd sort of come home and my stoned flatmates would be like, no, we've sorted it out, we've sorted it out. And I'd be like, what did you do? And they said, well, we briefly caught it in this bin. And then we put a post-it note on it. <laughs> and anyway, I knew, I knew that there was all of these mice, <laughs> mice living in the cupboard by my bed, right? And my then boyfriend came up to stay, and he hates rodents, like properly phobic. And I thought he's not even going to stay in the house if there are rodents, so I won't tell him. And in the morning, he woke up and said, "God, I had a terrible dream. I dreamt that a mouse fell out of that cupboard and ran across my face." <laughs> Yeah, and I just go, oh, God. <laughs> I, I did tell you eventually, didn't I? I was in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was months later that I confessed that is that this, had been the truth. 
Back. Now your husband. Yeah. He married that, imagine. (laughs) No, I was just remembering, back in the 1980s, I was with a wonderful company called the Theatre of the Dicks. Do you remember that? (laughs) And they did a wonderful, very clever thing where the audience would come in and you would lie on a sort of table like this and they would just cover you in mice. It was about the Nazis somehow. I don't don't remember how, but it was achingly brave and still shockingly relevant. Um, When you felt those mice going in your eyes, you were like, yeah, we have to do something. I don't don't know. I'm sorry, but... I don't know. I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. Incredibly shocking piece. Michael, If you get a chance to see the Theatre of the Dicks, you say No. Michael, um, what's your Christmas Eve routine? (laughs) Every Christmas, uh, whether I like it or not, I get pissed beyond belief, and then I go to bed alone, and then I wake up alone, and then I spend Christmas Day alone, hopefully this year with a squirrel. (laughs) And you know what? I'm happier than any of you cunts. Because you have your awful families to deal with. And I'm not saying that I'm guessing your families are awful. I know your families are awful. As, I think a, that's fair, right? as a single man at Christmas, sure. are you afraid of home invasion? Company, God, it'd be isn't it? hilarious if someone broke into my house. Oh, fucking hell, I didn't bring enough bags for all these Doctor Who DVDs <laughs> that no one wants. Oh, yes, that's the answer. Play Doctor Who very loudly and the squirrels will leave. Will the squirrel leave to join you or leave to get away? To get away! Squirrels don't like Doctor Who. Do they not? How have you come by this? (laughs) A lot were killed during the Tom Baker era. Um, (laughs) That was when the red squirrels died out, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't the only reason, but it was a big part of it. Mm. Um, He would purposely land the TARDIS on them. (laughs) Yeah, well, no, I did a number of Who's back in the day. And... (laughs) Have you ever done a who, Chris? I think you say, have you done a whom? Have you... <laughs> no, you have to... Do, if you get a chance to do a who, you must. Um, but no, a lot of squirrels, they were used the original sound of the TARDIS. Sure. You know, that was... They were just killing a squirrel. Um, oh, well, stretching, stretching it. it. No, they were, yeah. they were opening it. It's really too disgusting. Yeah. Well, guys, all right, you love Doctor Who, though, right? So, you know, you've got to ask yourselves, is it worth it? And I think, yeah. They're vermin, you know. And it's a different squirrel for every show. Oh, fuck, so it's done, yeah. it's live, live during the... Depending how many times it transports right, itself, yeah. you know. I'll ask you a, a simplified question. Would you start a fire in the fireplace to get the squirrel out? No, because I would not want to make that area particularly filthy because I want to put a trampette there for when Santa comes down. <laughs> Do you leave things out for Santa? Uh, yep, I usually leave a gift aid form. Uh, uh, <laughs> that way we get 25% more Lego uh, <laughs> uh, So with your kids you don't leave kids or when they were younger When they were younger we used to leave brandy and mince pie and a carrot uh, so that he had something to eat and something to drink and something to stick up his bum Because <laughs> 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 it's a long night isn't it He's slowly doesn't get much company up there Is that what that's for? Yeah <laughs> Yeah, Company. that's why. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's how I've got some company in. I mean, that's why you're walking funny. I genuinely just remember that my dad used to leave a folded up copy of The Sun out for Santa. Yeah. 
totally <laughs> forgotten that it would be the sun with two mince pies and a Come glass of milk. Pastry. <laughs> <laughs> a final plea from anybody to tell me how they would seriously get the squirrel out of the chimney. <sighs> Fishing rod. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. That's a good get, answer. get up the top, drop the fishing rod, bit of bait, pull it out. It's yeah. not that what hard. What bait would you put on? Well, I suppose a nut would be the obvious answer, but maybe a hunk of meat. <laughs> they don't like meat. They don't eat no, they meat. Don't like meat. Maybe a, a grey squirrel. squirrel. A red squirrel. A red squirrel. Put a red squirrel. squirrel. And they'd be like, come on, they don't like it. Straight up the chimney. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then gets up. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, wee, ooh. Yeah. Send a dog up. Send a, down. Send, no, send a dog up, then a cow after the dog, <laughs> then a horse after and the cow. Exactly. I know a lone lady oh. that did right? this, and I'm telling you. Then you claim to you be working class, the and then your chimney's so big it can fit a cow up it. I have never claimed to be working class, except when acting. <laughs> <laughs> How about you move? Well, that's, I was going to say, weirdly enough, this is why I'm currently homeless. Um... <laughs> So you were up a chimney? No, a, some sort of animal was in my chimney. I don't know, a squirrel, a fox, a dog, a, some sort of snake, perhaps. <laughs> I could hear it mooing and cooing, you know. I couldn't tell, is it that a moo? Like... I was like, Sue, listen, is that a moo or a coo? And she's like, I don't know, it could be anything. <laughs> she's not well, she's not well, bless her. She's not well, it's not her, even her accent. She's gone, she's completely gone. You know, and I love animals. I prefer animals to people because they can't vote. <laughs> they can't die, really, if you've seen all dogs go to heaven. <laughs> They're fluffy and you can buy them. <laughs> you know? And you try buying a man. You try buying a man tonight, see why it gets you. Nowhere. So in the end, I thought. Fuck it. They're lovely. Come on, Sue, let's go. And we just left the house. And you know those houses in Chernobyl? It's now like that. It's just covered in wildlife. It's wonderful. <laughs> and I charge people to go. How what? much? <laughs> <laughs> I, a song. <laughs> Do you tempt it down by getting a, maybe a toy squirrel and dressing it in a little bikini and putting <laughs> lipstick on it and doing a sexy dance? It's a bit yeah. sexist, assuming that the squirrel up the chimney is a man. It's a bit sexist, assuming it's not a lesbian. All squirrels? No, all squirrels are male or lesbians. That is a fact. That is a fact. That's why the red ones died out. Producer Ben, what are the actual answers? <laughs> Well, I'm giving loads of points here. No fucking way. (laughs) Christmas. So, according to uh, animalatticpest.com, don't light a fire in the fireplace, so that's a point to Chris and Michael. This won't get a squirrel out. If it's stuck, you will likely burn the poor animal alive. From experience, we can tell you that smell is not a pretty one. So they burned a squirrel alive just to see how it smelled. (laughs) So your chimney's like a dream home to the humble squirrel. They will often scramble in and out without any assistance, but occasionally one will get stuck, and if you don't want it to die in there, you must intervene. In cases where you know the squirrel isn't trapped, you can assume that it will leave at some point to get food. Place a trap at the top of the chimney so you can catch it when it does. Uh, I'm going to give Chris and Michael a point for putting their nuts on the roof. Um, If this doesn't work, you could use eviction fluid to encourage the squirrel to leave. What? Now, hang on. I had already said that I used that. 
This is why I'm giving uh, both teams a point. The example they give is um, raccoon eviction fluid made up of the urine and other body secretions from a male raccoon oh. will scare a female squirrel away because she'll think her family isn't safe. Just nine ninety nine. <laughs> so I'm assuming if it's a red squirrel down there, a grey squirrel will smell like an invading species and force it to leave. So yeah, you assume that, Ben. Wait, yeah, Chris's thing about sending different animals up, if he'd have got the animals to piss on the squirrel, that would have worked. Yeah, I mean, I guess... Sending a cow up could sort of work as well, but... That's terrified. Squirrels are terrified of cow piss. (laughs) That's a well-known fact. So here's another one. Um, When a squirrel is trapped in your chimney, you need to offer it an escape route. Lowering knotted rope down the flue will act as a ladder of sorts. When you're not around to scare it, the squirrel is likely to use it to climb out of the hole and your problem will be solved. So I'm giving Anna a point for fishing rod. Yes. And I'm giving Chris half a mark because the sea urchin thing, he did tie a rope to the sea urchin. So... (laughs) So, absolutely desperate. <laughs> so it's Christmas. So for saying the word rope, half a point. Oh. Um, none of the, and this is their final point, and it sort of devalues everything. None of the squirrel removal methods we have discussed here are foolproof, and there's a good chance that many of them will go wrong before you even get anywhere close to capturing the animal that is making such a racket in your chimney. Do remember that wildlife professionals are a great resource. Anna and Margaret. You have spent all year trolling Jed Mercurio across various forms of social media, and he's finally given your partner his new BBC prestige drama, Cold as Ice. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and while it's disappointing to see your number 26 on the call sheet, Jed has given you an epic monologue that requires you to improvise with a wolf out in the Arctic tundra. You can smell the BAFTA from here. You pack for the trip, undies, mouthwash, and a snow knife, and get on the plane. A lovely boy called Thisk is your driver from the airport to Unit 1 location. He gives you your bags and speeds off, which is when you realise there's nothing around, nothing but snow. Jed Mercurio is trying to murder you. So Again. What... <laughs> so what is the right way to build an igloo, according to HowStuffWorks.com? <laughs> Anna. Christ. Do you like snow? Do I like snow? I prefer ice because I like to slide and glide. Um, Whereas snow, I tend to thump and pump. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) And it's all about the way you move, you know. I love to move around on the ice. Snow is fun until it melts. Mm. Then it's water, which I'm completely allergic to. So it's a real minefield. The winter is a real minefield for me, and I'm actively promoting uh, climate change. (laughs) Which is selfish, and I know that, but, you know, fuck it. I'll be dead. Margaret, are you good in the cold? Do you like a bit of snow? I think snow is acceptable until about 10am, and then I think it should fuck off. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's... uh... I hate slush. That's all we get here. I suppose it's different in the tundra. Arctic tundra, yeah. There's a lot of good snow. But I I think it's a weird leap to igloo straight away. Are you using that igloo as a verb, then? (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing around apart from your bags. What happened to Thisk? What's in the bags? Is there an igloo in the bags? It's not an igloo in the bags. Because that would make it so much easier. (laughs) The bags contain just a snow knife. A snow knife. Underwear, mouthwash. snow knife? You keep For saying For stabbing it. a snowman. Yeah. <laughs> In London. We all have them. Do you, has, has anybody on the panel ever built a snowman? No, none of us. No? <laughs> built a snowman? Yes. Yeah, yeah I built a snow. sort of city of snow. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was at the Chichester Fringe. 
getting on for 15 years ago now, and they said, Anna, what do you want to do this year? And I said, I want to build a city of snow. Right? You know, like promenade. We love this kind of thing, you know, where you walk along and actors come up to you and they go, hello, and you go, fuck off. It's the best type of theatre, you know. So I attempted to build this, and I was fucking... We were up all night, me and the directors of the Chichester Festival, an absolute mountain of cocaine between us. <laughs> How do we make it work? How do we make it work? And in the end, we decided the festival's on in June, so it's not going to work. <laughs> so the answer is yes, if you include marshmallows. <laughs> instead of snow. Michael, do you, uh, do you like playing in snow? You're going to have to deal with the playing bit first. Yeah, though, I, I mean, that's... <laughs> Snow is what, vegan. What's your problem with it? No one... You piss on it. Piss that, is vegan. Piss is vegan. It's an vegan. animal product. What vegetable pisses? Oh, <laughs> Mushrooms a bit. Oh, wait, but you... <laughs> what's that that you get at the bottom of the fridge, then? Is that not vegetable piss? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is me breaking into your house and urinating in your fridge. Yeah, that's why there are no squirrels in there. <laughs> Margaret and Anna, you're both uh, female actresses. Mm. Would you like to work with Jed McCurry? I don't know who he is. What? I know. I don't watch drama, I told you. Uh, Have you seen The Wrath of Khan? (laughs) (laughs) I'm betting he's nothing to do with that. No, nothing to do with (laughs) And no. Great film, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He made Line of Duty. (gasps) Oh, my sister. Um... My sister couldn't remember what Line of Duty was called, and she called it Days of Police. (laughs) (laughs) Which is much better. It's a really good name. He he, He wrote and directed directed and show ran, but you're still not bothered. You you could really do with this, Margaret. That's not a judgment. (laughs) No, oi, Margaret's good. She's not only one of the best actors of her generation, she's also a very good friend, all right? (laughs) So I won't have any of that, but... And I'm saying this in front of everyone, because I know you don't mind, you could really do with this right now. (laughs) Honestly. Honestly. Any of us could. Even Chris, and he's actually successful. (laughs) I mean, darling, we still go for adverts. I know, I know. know. I'm very surprised that you're not going for this. (laughs) Can I just say, in this scenario, Mm. he's trying to kill me. Fuck it, it's a job. (laughs) You're working, (laughs) darling. You don't just turn it down. Most of the jobs I've been in, someone's been trying to kill me. No, I believe that. Especially the city of snow. (laughs) Chris and Michael, you've both worked in in the industry for a long time. Have you ever been in peril? Like proper, I think I might die now. Yeah, I did a gig in <laughs> and the whole way to <laughs> I was texting my agent uh, at the time, just going, um, I'd still got no details of the hotel. Eventually, once I got to near the venue, I got a message from my agent going, what's happened is the promoters are going to put you up in their house. No. <laughs> I'm a grown adult. That is absolutely not happening. And then, basically, as the evening went on... The promoter and the promoter's wife made it very clear that they were delighted <laughs> that I was going back and the wife of the promoter was going, don't worry, we'll have a good time. Hubby's into it. I left without doing the gig. <laughs> I left without doing the gig and I stayed in the hotel in <laughs> And never more in my life have I desperately regretted saying no to an unwanted threesome. LAUGHTER 
Well, I, I did a gig many years ago with Ed Byrne. Was, uh, I was supporting Ed Byrne on the student comedy network that used to exist. And uh, this is like 1996 or something. And Ed, being the sort of senior partner, gets to choose the hotel. And he was one of those comics at the time who just would turn up and see what would happen, which I fucking hated. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so we got out of the, the train station at Dundee and there's this big hotel in the Victorian era would have been incredibly grand called the Tay Hotel. He said, let's go there. Brilliant. OK, let's go there then. So we walk into the Tay Hotel and up these stairs that have the shittiest carpet you've ever seen on are some dead flowers. And then the reception desk wasn't a reception desk, it was one of those sort of windows with two glass panels where the guy sort of slides and goes, yes, at you. And Ed, full of the joys of spring, it's 15 quid, this is going to be fucking great as far as he's concerned. And uh, he's not noticed that there's a clipboard on the man's desk that says DSS clients. So the place is just full of people that the social services have put in there and me and Ed Byrne, <laughs> the two manliest people in comedy, right? Sure. And I walked into my room. There was, like, shouting and screaming and crying coming from different places, not just me. And uh, <laughs> I looked at the bed and went, oh, fuck me, I can't sleep in. I don't know when that was changed last. I washed my hands and then went, where's the fucking towel? Oh, there, it's blocking a hole in the window. Right, okay. So eventually I went to Ed's room and said, we we cannot stay here. And he went, yeah, okay, fine, fine, fine. So we went back down and asked the guy for our money back. And he looked at us and went, wait there. And he went off and Ed went, where the fuck's he going? I went, Ed, we're two men who walked in here an hour ago, paid 15 quid, (laughs) and have now said, we want to go, can we have our money back? He thinks we've been fucking. And he went, oh, my God. I told this story on stage that night at uh, Abertee University, and this girl came up to me. She's the most extraordinary-looking woman I've ever seen in my life. She had, her hair was kind of plastered to her head. And she said to us, Hey, don't you take the pass out of the tea hotel. I lost my virginity in the doorway of the tea hotel. God, it's not even worth wiping your feet on the way in, is it? It never occurred to me, though, if I wanted to bang someone, check into a hotel and then leave an hour later. So I'm going to use that. <laughs> you're <An> welcome. <laughs> Chris, you I got that tip from the Reader's Digest. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a director now. Yes. Do you like... Have you ever worked with an actor that you wished you could kill on set? <laughs> Was it John Landis who killed someone with a helicopter? He didn't. I mean, he didn't take a helicopter and kill them. <laughs> yeah, he didn't uh, an, inc- a an incident at him. occurred on on set in one of his but movies. But he killed that was Noel Edmonds, wasn't it? That was uh... John Landis killed Noel Edmonds. <laughs> yeah. no, I read an interview with Noel Edmonds, and he said he exercises every forty-eight hours. He exercises all of his muscles. So that's <laughs> what people do. Exercises yeah, all of his muscles. Maybe he goes to the gym every two days. It's a thing. But he exercises all of his muscles to the brink of exhaustion every four He's 74. It's just getting out of a fucking chair. This interview that I read uh, said that he was really ripped. Really ripped? Yeah, and it's yeah, like good, Ned like... Flanders, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's like Ned Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> it's just unexpected. <laughs> Have you ever worked with Noel Edmonds? must be... Noel? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Um... <laughs> God, I mean, he is. I mean, you know, he's completely pumped full of steroids, don't you? Is he? Yeah, you can tell that a mile off. You can tell by his eyes. Um, they're massive and really muscular. <laughs> yeah. I think that's he... Mr. Blobby you're yeah. thinking of. <laughs> oh, fuck, I always get them confused. 
Which one had the hit song? Mr. Blobby. That was Blobs. Oh, fuck. <laughs> he was a lot of fun. Sure. But could get very aggressive on set. Um, I learned a lot from Noel. You know, we... Very... Do you want to hear this? I'm not entirely sure what it is. Um, very early no, I don't on... Want, I don't want you to libel Noel if that's where we're going. Oh, all right. Well, very early on, Noel wanted to get into showbiz any way he could, right? He came to me, he said, Anna, can you teach me how to grow a beard? <laughs> and I said, you just let it grow. You're a man. Wait, first off, wait 10 years till you're an adult. And just let it grow. And I don't know, since then, the career's gone up and up. I'm not saying it's just me, but there you go. So that was when he was eight? Yes. <laughs> If I can get back to the question at hand. Do you think that bit will stay? <laughs> <laughs> that should be the name of the show, really. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think... Has anybody on the panel got any clue how to build an igloo? How to build an igloo? Well, planning permission. <laughs> Very important. <laughs> the underwear. We have underwear. You have underwear, yeah. A knife. A knife. And ice. And that's it. And that's it. Build a mouthwash. <laughs> And some mouthwash. Yeah. Right, we we'll use that to dissolve the ice around the... Yeah, I'm right. Am I with Anna yes. in this scenario? Uh, yeah, you could be together, yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> then I'd, I'm going to take my chances. And, uh, with the <laughs> exposure and wolves. Well, exposure is what you need, darling, is the thing. <laughs> That's why you've got to work with Jed Mercurio. Can she you, won't do it. Can you cook inside an igloo? Ooh, Yes. No. Yes, no. No. Do you need this snow knife? You do, do you need the snow yes, knife. Yes, you need to carve up the snow into useful igloo bricks <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> presumably bits of igloo window and other, you know, maybe you could shape, a, shape some white goods and a telly. Yes. And then radiators, <laughs> very important. Yeah. I think that might not work in an igloo so much. <laughs> but and then, build it, then, then what you do with the knife mm. is you build an igloo. <laughs> ben. Is there an Do answer? Are there... igloos real, even? <laughs> I mean, there is an answer, and it's mostly just build an igloo, but I'll... Um... <laughs> I literally said that. <laughs> According to HowStuffWorks.com, yes, you can cook inside an igloo. Excessive use of a stove can build up carbon monoxide to dangerous levels, but cut ventilation holes to guard against this. So, minus one to uh, Anna and Margaret, who said you what? can't. I point to Chris for saying cut windows, because those are the ventilation holes. So, to build an igloo... I gave some points here. I gave Anna half a point for saying she prefers ice and half a point for saying blocks of ice because they're quite important. Right. Um, so that's three points. And also, well, they're two halves. Uh, <laughs> and, and I'm, a, I don't do maths, all right, Ben. <laughs> and, and a point to Chris for just saying cut some blocks. <laughs> Deceptively it's, simple, wasn't it? It's this Christmas, one? guys. Um, so find an area with a lot of dry, hard-packed snow. Use a snow saw or knife to cut blocks about three feet long. Smooth the edges of the blocks. Place them in a circle, working your way up. Blocks should decrease in size as you work upwards. I guess the mouthwash could help with that. So another half point for Anna. <laughs> By dissolving it. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> overlap the blocks and shape them to lean inward. They should support each other to prevent the dome collapsing. If needed, use a stick to support the top blocks until the dome is finished. But please note that this is a very basic description of how an igloo could be constructed and shouldn't take the place of an instruction from an experienced builder. So again, <laughs> another pointless website. <laughs> At the end of that round, what are the points, producer Ben? Michael and Chris have got five and a half, and Margaret and Anna have got 
Two and a half. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Before we carry on with the show, we're going to record a little Christmas advert for ourselves to raise money for ourselves. <laughs> so, um... That's the spirit of the season. <laughs> I, do you know, I... We've got to nowadays. We should, do a, really. we should do a Christmas song. What, what's a good Christmas song? We did a Silent Night last time. So mm. jingle jangle all around the candle. Yeah. Do you remember that? Not one? A, no. Jingle jangle all around the candle. Watch your fingers don't burn. Okay, so Alice is going to do that. Little ripple of recognition over there. <laughs> I didn't yeah. bring um, my sleigh bells, but I've got my jumper. Oh, that's Does quite it good. Work? Oh, oh, stop it! Stop you got it! No. Bells in your tits. She shall have music wherever she goes. <laughs> you see, Margaret, that's what Danielle does, and she gets <laughs> no, one. No, I know. No, you've got to have a thing. <laughs> anyway. Kazoo in your snatch. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's still open. Oh, I wonder if that would work. <laughs> I don't know. So please give generous. <laughs> If you have enjoyed Do the Right Thing and you haven't given us any money so far, which is fine and that's a choice. (laughs) (laughs) A bad one. So threatening. It's amazing. (laughs) We will come round your house and we will cut you. (laughs) If you'd like to give us some money, that would. I feel weird because we've asked for so much money. Oh, it doesn't matter. People have got loads. (laughs) (laughs) These are the high times. Yeah. The country's flourishing. Absolutely. Under the Tory majority, it's just going to be boom years. No, don't give us some money. Give something to a food bank or shelter. I do. Can you edit that (laughs) so it says, give us the money, Ben? Give us the money. I don't want the money. You you do want the money? (laughs) I mean, you do want the money as well as the food bank. But if you've got the the choice between giving us some money or giving some... Oh, we fucking know, (laughs) boo-hoo! But be honest, be honest, be honest with yourself. What do you fucking want more? To record more episodes or for someone to have beans? That's right, you selfish cunt. You want to make more episodes. Don't fucking listen to a word she says. Vote Tory. Do the right thing. Not just for us, but for Britain. Do the money thing dot com. All donations welcome. Ironically, this round is agony. (laughs) (laughs) 
this round, the panel will be giving our audience the Christmas gift of advice. But first, let's check that that's a gift worth receiving by getting them to work out what a real agony aunt would do faced with the Yuletide dilemma. Michael, could you please read this? I'd love to. Thank you. Dear agony aunt, my in-laws are kind, delightful people and I enjoy spending time with them, except at Christmas. (laughs) Their family tradition is for everyone to take turns unwrapping gifts. What dicks? (laughs) They sound like fucking monsters. Last year, we unwrapped gifts for almost three hours. Oh, (laughs) fucking hell. Makes you wish you were homeless. Honestly. But these people go, cancer, when this guy has to... Oh, aftershave, what's next? <laughs> aftershave. Christmas in the 1980s, is it? <laughs> no, I just stink really badly. Um, That's the last time Michael got a present. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's been eking out a bottle of Old Spice for 34 years. Do you, in all seriousness, do give yourself a present? <laughs> I mean, in a way, I guess I do. Yes. Right. <laughs> You shouldn't on Christmas no, Day, though, should no. you? He's watching. He is. <laughs> Santa and God. And the thing is, that just helps. <laughs> Knowing that little baby is watching. <laughs> so that's what myrrh is. <laughs> yeah. Myrrh! <laughs> Finally. <laughs> so, how do we solve that problem? <laughs> Have you finished? Michael. Shall I start all over again? Uh, Just do this bit. Here we go. It's not the quantity of gifts that is causing the problem. It is that the recipient is expected to carefully unpackage and read product instructions before moving along to the next gift. All right, they are mental. (laughs) (laughs) I take it back. And when there are no instructions or awkward packaging, the recipient's will wax poetic for ten minutes about how the sweater reminds them of their deceased grandmother's beloved Cocker Spaniel. Is it made out of the...? (laughs) My wife agrees it has got out of hand. But we don't know how to politely speed things along. Any advice, or do we just keep quiet? It's tough. It's tough. Anna, Mm. do you give gifts to Sue Clinch? Sue to Sue? Fuck, you have to. Otherwise, she'll come at you, you know. (laughs) You've got to be careful what you give her. A boomerang. A boomerang. A boomerang. (laughs) We've never heard of a boomerang. See, that's what I give myself on Christmas morning. Yes. A boomerang. If you give her a boomerang or a pike or a ball and chain, you're in trouble. (laughs) Because she will use it, you know. Yeah. Sure. What have you and got she to... gives you nothing. Really? <laughs> nothing. Last year, she gave me a Game Boy. I mean, how out of date is that? You know? So retro. I know. What have I you know got she's her this retro. year, if you don't mind What have I got her this year? Well, I've got her a very small candle. <laughs> um, I've got her a couple of books from the charity shop. Mm-hmm. Um, one's all about keeping a pet. One's all about losing one. <laughs> and I've got her... A, c- a couple of boxes of dominoes to just lead her back out the house. You know? <laughs> and then I've got a sort of portcullis fixed in, so it's, she's gone then, and that's it. And, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and does 
she take a long time to, to unwrap everything? Oh no, she's like in it. <laughs> you know, just, you know, there's no point wrapping it, you know. Just, with her teeth, mm. with her, her, her fingers, her toes, <laughs> her tongue. Margaret, Your tongue? you have a big family. Help me. How does, when do you, you're married to a German, so when do you unwrap presents? Married to a German. Yeah, we do German Christmas. Father Christmas turns up at 6pm on Christmas Eve. Um, Precisely. <laughs> oh. Do you see him or do you have to hide? Um, uh, he rings the doorbell, mm-hmm. weirdly, and somebody goes to see him. But it's weird because, like, obviously, I didn't know any of this How weirdly? Until it, how what? How weirdly does he press the doorbell? Use <laughs> it with his knob. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, this is the weird thing. I've made it father christmas because my husband claims it's meant to be the baby jesus and not just jesus the baby jesus so what hovering by the doorbell so you open presents on so mm, christmas mm. eve and do you have strudel peter or whatever his name is strudel the german peter. no is he, um <laughs> Sinter, no Strobel jack who is it yeah it's some very dodgy um Dan- no the Dan- one the Danker one that comes jonathan, with a bit of stick like yeah danka jonathan danka jonathan thank you jonathan thinking of good luck jonathan do you not have danka jonathan <laughs> oh fuck i was married for a long time to a lovely chap called hans and <laughs> hans german <laughs> And Hans German, e- you're easily saying enough, his name was Hans ma- German? Yes, his name was Hans German. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because he was a German. <laughs> <laughs> and he would always come round on Christmas Day, and I remember it, oh, it was wonderful, and he'd knock on the door, Danka Jonathan, you know, he'd come in, and if you said Danka, but you had to say it quick, otherwise he'd hit you with a stick. It was so fun. <laughs> it was so fun back then, you know. And then we'd just fuck. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> Chris and Michael, Christmas Day in your house, is it a feral free-for-all with gifts or is it very regimented? Do you do it after we lunch, before lunch? start oh. by wiping up all of Danka Jonathan's cum. <laughs> Don't we all? And he's got a lot of cum. As... <laughs> oh, yes. You know when Danka Jonathan's you know been it, yeah. You really do. Yes. <laughs> Heaven forbid he's Danka Shern. Those years oh. are... Those years you have to move house. Yeah, I mean, we, um, we basically try and keep the children from opening their presents for as long as possible because that's all you've got in life. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, and do you make them open, like, one gift at a time or is it a big No, they, open, they tend to open one gift at a time, my kids. They're very, they're very disciplined. <laughs> they're very aesthetic in their approach. All the toys that we give them are wood. Um, there are no... The wood or something natural. So wood, iron, coal... Uh, <laughs> Anything that you can sort of point to on, on the periodic table. Mm-hmm. Sap. Yeah, no, sap is what they... That's their special Christmas drink. <laughs> Michael... You can't have Christmas without sap. You can't have I mean, Christmas without sap. before I say it again. Can't sniff Christmas hat without sap, as uh, Danka Dad, Jonathan Danka said. Jonathan. That's Jonathan. It's on his T-shirt. That's what Danka he, Jonathan. You could just say that and he spurts everywhere. <laughs> Glorious, though. Glor- Absolutely like, marvellous. Dancing on ice. It sounds beautiful. Yes. I think he's the fountain at the beginning of Friends. Yeah. <laughs> What's a Northern Irish Christmas, Michael? Oh, God. What's that? <laughs> God, very much oh. involved. God wakes up first. Wait, which God? I'd rather have a German one. The, the Catholic God. Oh, yeah, yes. The Catholic God wakes up first. 
then goes one. down to see if he's been he being the Protestant God. <laughs> and then we go, go, go he's been! We go down and we kick the fuck out of the country. And that is our traditional Christmas morning, murdering Protestant God. Do you wait then to... breakfast. <laughs> and uh, is it before or after dinner that you do the kneecapping? <laughs> it's called Irish dancing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> would anybody, before I move to Ben with the real answers, would anybody oh. like to give me an answer to this problem? How do you deal with your family unwrapping gifts really slowly on Christmas Day? I'd give them something really, either really boring or really sinister, like um, a, a, man a, death, trap. a death mask <laughs> or something, and shock them so they've got nothing to say and they'll just move on. I mean, or ideally, just die of shock. <laughs> Or you could make all the presents really hot, so they have to do it just as quickly as they possibly... That's a good... That's a good... Microwave all the presents. Microwave all the presents one by one. It's a great answer. They can still talk about them afterwards, though, can't they? They could, Talk about how hot they are. But they're in A&E with their burnt hands. They could still talk about them afterwards. What if you bought them a gimp mask as the first thing that they... (laughs) That they try it on. Yes! Tighten it... Then they can't say anything. Michael, have you got any advice for this poor, poor man who has to go through such turmoil at Christmas? Well, I do, but it's not the right answer, is it? Well, well, what? It's never the right answer. What's the answer? Because murder is never the right <laughs> answer. <laughs> Anna, what would your advice be well, for this Well, do you poor... remember the film Dead Man's Shoes? Yes. Where he filled... <laughs> which I played a tiny part in tiny, 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 tiny part. Blink and you'll miss it. Tiny, which, tiny. which shoe were you? I was the brogue. You were the brogue. <laughs> He has two different types of shoe. Yes, and I was one of them. Right. Danker Jonathan was the other, and we had a lot of fun. But there is a scene at the end drawing, I think, the final act of murder in that film. It's laced with revenge, where he fills the kettle with drugs. You remember this? And they kill each other, which is really fascinating. You fill the kettle with, in that, it's sort of hallucinogens, but you fill it with speed, cocaine, Mm -hmm. a little amphetamine, you pour them a cup of tea, you go, have your fucking presents, you know, and then it's done. Get them high as a kite, and they'll just rip through them, you know what I mean, and probably start dancing or something. That's a good answer as well. Ben, is anybody close? I think Michael and Anna are probably... I mean, no-one's anywhere near. um... (laughs) Is it let them just have their Christmas? Sort of. God, a point to Chris. Um, I have given Anna a point for mentioning speed. Yes. Um, This advice comes from uh, our old friend, Dear Prudence, at Slate.com, and she actually has a cracking suggestion of what to do. She says, this year, you two should insist on unwrapping your presents first. Then give each other Fitbits, put them on, explain how you both are so excited about getting into better shape, now you've got these presents that you're going to use them right now, then sprint out the door and don't return until the excruciating performance art project, Endless Unwrapping, is done. Your wife needs to have a talk with her parents and say that the gift exchange needs to be speeded up, that an hour is more than sufficient, insanely so for this, and that she'll be in charge of keeping things moving. If your in-laws insist on this tortuous ritual, it's perfectly fine for you two to say you've got to stretch your legs, then don't make a return appearance until it's time for lunch. So, let them get on with it, but you bugger off. I don't, have you ever tried to leave off people are unwrapping presents? It does feel, it does feel a like little bit like that cunt. might have been Dear Prudence's yeah, last really. day in the office. Yeah. <laughs> what if you come back and they, they're like, we've just been waiting for you? Yeah, they would yes, be. Yeah. I was thinking that. Anyway, now you've learnt how a real agony aunt does it, let's see you mm. deal with some Christmassy crises from tonight's audience. Is Victoria here? Victoria's problem is... 
three vegetarians, one vegan stepchild, and just bought an abattoir. <laughs> Not sure my conversation will go well. Can, can you... Can you repeat that? <laughs> Problem is, three vegetarians, one vegan stepchild, and just bought an abattoir. I'm not sure my conversation will go well. Where's Victoria? Hello. Hello. Hi. So, can you unpack this for yeah. us? It's not really a sentence yet. So, I, th- I think... I, I think, I think, I think the no killer question. two words were stepmother... Or stepchildren. Oh, yes. Stepchildren, yeah. Oh, so you've got three vegetarian and one vegan ste- Oh, I oh, see. God. I thought it was just three vegetarians, one vegan stepchild. Go into a pub. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got three vegetarian and one vegan stepchildren. Mm-hmm. And you and your partner have just bought... No, an I, I. Oh, I don't you... have to have the partner to buy stuff. Wow. Yeah, a woman can have her no, own abattoir. To, to, be, to be absolutely fair, if you had a partner, they would have stopped you buying a fucking abattoir. <laughs> but you're the one alone on Christmas Day. Oh. Oh. And I'm the happiest one. So, you so just, we could hook up. You've just. So you just. No. You're just making the problem worse for yourself. No. And don't use the word hookup when you've got an abattoir. <laughs> So you've just bought an abattoir. Yes. Why? Uh, yeah. I build houses. It's an ex-abattoir, mm-hmm. or it's not a working abattoir? Not working, no. So that's, quite, that's a key, oh, key bit. But there are big chunks of meat hanging off hooks. What? They just Still. left it. Still there. They just ran and left yes. all the meat. <laughs> yes. Fuck it, someone will sort that I out. Think they Get out, quick. Or maybe the abattoir's on fire. Or are they, uh, are they structural, these I've pieces of meat? I've got a discount for that bit. <laughs> so you bought an abattoir to... Is it this to develop into a non-abattoir? Into housing. Uh, with yeah, us, well, that's thing. bloody brilliant. That's yeah, they that's really that good. All the abattoirs. Don't set yourself up as a villain yeah. and then make me hate you. You're a fucking hero. I think the vegetarian <laughs> yes. be vegan. Yeah. I will spend that. a small amount of time with you on Christmas Day. <laughs> That will be the time when he gives himself a present. So do be very careful. (laughs) Unwrapping. I love myrrh. There's going to be a lot of myrrh. So I'm struggling to see what the problem is because the problem is I haven't told them. Is it do we lose the abattoir or we lose the stepchildren? No, no, it's just that. Do you have two vegetarians and a vegan arriving? Yeah. And they will be saying, okay, so project B's finished. What's next project? It's like, it's an abattoir. But but what you've done is you've taken a place of slaughter and turned it into a house. That's a a solution, right? They'll hate you for it. No. No. He's vegan, he likes it. I am king of all vegans. (laughs) (laughs) That's only because he's got the most energy. I am the Jesus of vegans. (laughs) Uh, No, you've done a brilliant thing. And if... Yeah. Hurrah! Yeah. Make sure when you... I mean, you seem confused about the meat that's been left in the abattoir. Make sure when you turn it into housing that you take the meat out first. Is it good meat? Oh, it's been hanging Apparently there Apparently it's now kind of... You know that South African weird dried stuff? Biltong? Yes. Is Fuck, it? I love biltong. <laughs> well, you're on your own. Um, but Anna is also homeless. So... <laughs> Never lived in an abattoir before. <laughs> With a load Habit of built song. Actually, I take <laughs> that back. Christmas. It sounds like a... No, I did do a show about that. I never lived in an abattoir before. Now I'm covered in biltong. 
That's me and my girl, isn't it? Closed the first night, to be honest. <laughs> Honestly, they're handing out P45s during the interval. It was that bad. <laughs> Not a good show. Not a good show. But a great use of meat. <laughs> Victoria, would you like to give points to anybody for helping you? Absolutely, the vegan. The oh, vegan. yeah. The vegan. The vegan's doing very well, isn't it? The vegan. Do you know what? I'm not kidding you. Some, well, fuck you just, it. Fuck it, a friend of ours. No, yeah. uh, said, oh, no, I've, I've written a part for you in a sitcom. I've written it especially for you. And I was so flattered. My God, that's so lovely. Do you want to guess what the name of the character was? Angry vegan? Angry vegan. <laughs> <laughs> angry vegan. Yeah. But at least it's not just angry vegan one. It's like the angry vegan. Yeah, angry vegan. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's better than nothing. Angry Vegan 3 would be even yeah. worse. Angry Vegan 3. Not even the first oh, yeah, Angry yeah. Vegan. <laughs> <laughs> is Anita here? Anita. Anita's problem is we are having a family Christmas, but my side like to play games whilst I like to drink too much and watch TV. Oh, I wrote this. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you are both sides. Yeah. <laughs> Do you mean your side of the family? Yeah, my side of the family. So they like to play games, but you don't like to do that? No. Oh, I oh. see. And you like to drink too much and watch TV? Yeah, and um, not talk to them. And they try and make you play the games? Yes, right. and they're really okay. competitive. Oh, fuck. What games what? is it? Yeah, is what it sort of games is it? Cluedo, Ludo, Kaplunk. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the three <laughs> games. <laughs> That's but one it's game. It's a big of... super game. Yes. Have you never played Cluedo Ludo Plank? Like, it's a... it's you've got to find out which ball That's killed right. <laughs> Professor Plum, and you've got to avoid a lot of spanners falling on your head. That's, it's a very dangerous game. Yeah. And then you play Ludo afterwards, which yeah. is really boring. They haven't. Ludo is so boring. Yeah. Can I just say? I'm just going to jump in here for a second. That's right. <laughs> what? What? Fine. Absolute creep created Ludo because that is the game of cunts isn't it it really is what is it especially the pop up one do you remember that one when you... frustration you like it Margaret like this it. is the kind of thing you've got to drop if you want to get into Jed Mercurio's I stuff I like Ludo I heard Jed Mercurio is adapting Mousetrap <laughs> I don't like Ludo that but I like, the, I like the plastic you like you know, the pop up the, thing yeah because you can't lose the you feel like dice. you're doing CPR Yes. Yeah, exactly. I'm keeping this terribly fucking boring game alive. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Wow. Is the doming I... to stop the dice being lost? lost. Is that yeah. the idea? Or the it, dice? Are you listening to me? Not really. I That's sort of literally... listen to every other word. <laughs> it is a condition, actually, Margaret. I'd rather you didn't take the piss out of it. If that's all right. Something I've had to suffer with. This What's makes it? acting What's very hard. It? Yeah. <laughs> Could you combine <laughs> your interests and their interests by, say, setting up a drinking game mm, for the Queen's um, speech? She doesn't so, drink. She doesn't drink? <gasps> no. Who's she? Who's she? Who's she? Mother-grandmother? Sister-in-law. Sister Where is she? Oh, she's not is here. Her? No, God, That's no, a man. No, no, it's, it's too much fun. Yes, heaven yes. forbid anyone confuse a woman <laughs> and a man, Anna. <laughs> so the sister-in-law will not drink on pain of death? Or... Um, no, she has to drive everyone else. So it's, oh, it's, God, no, what an hard. ass! <laughs> Do they not stay on Christmas Day? Then they all arrive, and then well, and they're all there, and then she brings them over. We Ugh. have lunch, and then they she go has away. To drive again. them. What time do they go away again? Depends how much I drink. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally going to be my question. Are you drinking enough? <laughs> 
Because if you were drinking enough, you wouldn't give a shit that we were playing games. You'd find it hilarious. What sorts of games is it? Board games. Board games, but... Um... Ludo, Ludo, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I've got it, I've got it, I've got it! I've got it, I've got your answer. Hide and seek. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that is... Uh... Offer, offer up hide and seek. So, I've got all the points. <laughs> I was going to suggest chest infection. Is that a game? It's called Operation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, the adult part. version of Operation. Yeah. You the have last... to get phlegm out with tweezers without making butter go off. It's really hard. <laughs> the last time I'd spend Christmas with my parents, who are now divorced and hate each other so much, neither of them would come to my wedding. Oh. Yeah. It's fine. I dealt with it. It's the excuse um, I used as well. Yeah. I pretended I had a chest infection and spent whole of Christmas Day drinking port and reading Tina Fey's autobiography. I'm taking that one. That's a good one, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. The other I think, what if you just go, let's make this game Irish? <laughs> Not Northern Irish, obviously. <laughs> no. no, make let's it fun make and this... charming, not terrifying and dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> How do you whisky up Ludo? <laughs> you fill the little plastic. It is. <laughs> the Everyone game gets straws. Do you know, you're absolutely right. There is two different versions of that game. Ludo is Republic of Ireland. Frustration, that's Northern Ireland. <laughs> I get it. Frustration, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, I that... want to talk more about Ludo. I don't think we should, though. Should we? I don't know. It is a creepy game. It encourages stalking, doesn't it? Ludo. Ludo, could you very chase slow chase the other? I'm slowly I'm behind you watching every <laughs> fucking a, move. It encourages slow your little, stalking. Your little round blue cunt. <laughs> slow stalking. Slow stalking is the stalking you do at the end of the night when they put um, romantic. <laughs> but, yeah. To careless whisper. Yeah, to careless I'm slowly whisper. stalking. The stalking. <laughs> Anita, who would you like to give points to? Just for the Ludo, and I know what I'm going to get for Christmas now as well, for Anna. Oh, well done, Anna. <laughs> Let's check the scores, producer Ben. Oh, I'm looking forward to this edit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Margaret and Anna now have four, Michael and Chris have seven and a half. Oh. Time to ask the Fespert. The festive expert. Fespert. Ask, 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 ask. This is the round where the panel have to non-surgically put themselves into the mind of an expert guest with a Christmassy job. So let's welcome this year's expert guest with a Christmassy job. It's pantomime expert Joe Trasini. <laughs> Hello, Joe. Hi. So you're a panto expert. How many pantos have you done? As a grown-up, I've done 14, but including childhood, 28. <laughs> but you could leave me like 25. How did you manage that? Uh, my parents don't like me at all. Yeah. In a minute, we're going to set some scenarios to Joe, but you can get to know him a little bit better by asking him some Christmassy panto questions. So has anybody got anything they'd like to ask Joe? Yes, I have. Oh. When you were on Hollyoaks, yes. did you ever get confused and think you were in panto and want to say he's behind you when, <laughs> when Mercedes was going to get killed again? Well, the funny thing about Hollyoaks is, apart from it being awful, is that... Um, <laughs> um, so I've nailed the coffin. It's some it's, uh, they, some behind-the-scenes knowledge. No, no, I'm not dead in it. I tried to get them to kill me, but they wouldn't. Did you ever do the calendar? 
No. Oh. <laughs> no. No, I never did. They stopped that the year I got there. and oh. I, I, never, <laughs> I never correlated the two, but <laughs> thinking about it, I do see their point. Anybody else got a question for Joe before we start? Can you finally answer? Yeah. Is he or is he not behind you? <laughs> he is always behind <laughs> us. We always know that he is behind us. And it is really frustrating at like 10am when you've got like 400 children shouting, he's behind you, you really do want... I know, he's there! I've been doing this for my whole life! (laughs) (laughs) And I'll be in Panto in Norwich this year, so thank you. Who are you playing? Who am I playing? Yes, yes, Buttons. You are Buttons. Yes, I am. I can see that. Thank you, I appreciate that. Joe sure. is in Bromley oh. playing the role of Peter Pan opposite US star of Starskin Hutch, Paul Michael Glazer, as Captain Hook. In one dramatic scene, Joe and Paul have a three minute long sword fight choreographed to music using real swords. However, Paul hasn't really done much stage acting before and has no real idea what a pantomime is and hasn't really been paying any attention to the fight moves. Five seconds into the scene, he knocks Joe's sword into the orchestra pit, nearly skewering the guitarist. There's two minutes and 55 seconds of the fight to go, and Joe is unarmed and facing a rather confused old man holding a lethal weapon with a hook for a hand. What would Joe do in this situation? So let's go to the proper actors first. Anna and Margaret. What would you do in this situation? Now, or what do you think Joe would do in this situation? So Starsky's there and they're fighting. And there's three minutes to fill. Right, and he's just coming at he's Joe. He's just coming yeah. at Joe. With his sword and his... And his hook. <laughs> That's Vivid, not easy. Isn't it? That's not easy. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, you can just kick him in the balls. <laughs> no, I, no, but uh, and it's not. It's not a real fight, is it? You know what? I've uh, got to listen to these questions. You really do. <laughs> I'd go for his trousers. I'd just dive yeah, yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they taught you at the drama school. Yeah, and in Yeah. Do you have a house band, Joe? Yes. Right. Can you improvise? <laughs> right, you improvise a song. <laughs> you improvise a song. You turn round, you go, oh no, what you doing, Captain Hunk, with that huck and sword? Get out my way, it's no more fun. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know it's Christmas? Yes, you know it's Christmas. I'm buttons all day. Come back tomorrow, there's a matinee. Come back tomorrow, there's a matinee. Oh, and you keep going for three minutes. Literally, mm. no, I, you laugh, but it, almost <laughs> all my career is that, as you've seen tonight. Michael and Chris, this is, yeah. what would you expect Joe to do in this situation? I'm not really too sure what the situation is. <laughs> anymore. It seems a long time ago. Got an old man fighting you on stage. Right. But there's kids in the audience. Right. right. So, so you can defend you yourself with one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could do that. <laughs> just get a several children up there and just go. keep shoving them towards Paul Michael Glazer <laughs> yes. and his slashing sword yeah. until the, five, the three hook. minutes. Up. Why, incidentally, do you have to fill these three minutes? Because the band had to fill the time. Like, there was a routine and, and children. The MU is the stage very was, It was filled with pirates <laughs> and things. Real pirates? <laughs> they, were, uh, uh, they are. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's very late. For that, thank you for your continued support. Um, uh, uh, yeah, because basically the band had to finish the music because right. at the end there's a ba 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 when Peter wins. So we had to get to that point. Okay. 
So, wait, where was Peter all this time? Is he just shirking his duties? I am Peter. Oh, you're Peter. He's yeah. got right. to I, I, I thought you were Buttons. I'm I thought you were Buttons. Oh, well, just... this changes yeah. everything. <laughs> well, first of all, you can fly. I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> is Peter to Buttons what Bruce Wayne is to Batman? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Is that what we're... Yes, I guess. Yeah, it's right, but yeah. yeah. Is anybody close? Yes, Anna... Very, very close. I, I basically... Um, it's just dawned on me that sing? this actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> so did the Jed Mercurio one. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be furious. What's up your chimney at home? <laughs> basically, what happened was, because uh, Starsky had never learnt the fight, he knocked the sword out of my hands in the first five seconds of the three minutes. It went past the bassist's face, and as I watched that happen... I uh, then went back to look at Starsky. The novelty was very much lost on me. I, I was 20. I didn't know who Starsky and Nutch were. He was just a confused man who was very nice to me. <laughs> and he didn't know what pantomime was. He was lovely and he really cared and he turned up every day, which was great. But um, <laughs> he was just a nice bloke. Well, they always are until, you know... I like until the sword fight. <laughs> yeah. Until they don't have to turn up to rehearsals for a deadly sword fight. Yeah. Basically, I then filled the two minutes and 55 seconds with expressive dance <laughs> around the stage yes. to fight Starsky. Right. He's full weapon at this point. He's got it's sword like and hook. West Side Story. Yes, if West Side Story was horrific and like the worst thing that's ever happened in my career. And again, I was in Hollyoaks for three years. <laughs> Basically, it got to the point where he forgot that Peter has to win the fight. And so after oh, I'd done all of this, like, fighty dancing around the stage, and I was trying to get the sword off of him, and he always forgot he had a mic on and people could hear him. So he's like, well, what are you doing? Why are you... Why are you? <laughs> so you've got all the pirates going, Peter's got a win! <laughs> and basically I, I ended up pulling it away from him and eventually holding the sword by the blade. Ironically, cutting off my own hands is what would have happened, but um, it was theatre, so... <laughs> so but, the thing that strikes me here is he's Starsky. Yeah. Could you not just have built a pile of cardboard boxes <laughs> that would have naturally attracted him? Finally, a reference I get. <laughs> Joe. Uh, Joe, back to you. Back any, to you, kid. Any points in that round for anybody? Yeah, just Anna. Anna just, gets yeah, points. Just, just, just chuck them out. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did that for the team. Oh. <laughs> Joe is performing in Jack and the Brexit Stalk. There's a bit of the show where a kid comes on stage to sing a silly version of Old MacDonald Had a Farm, and it's Joe's job in character as Michelle Barnier to chat to them, get them to sing, <laughs> give them a Christmas present, and usher them off stage. Today the kid is a smiley six-year-old, but when Joe asks her if she's in the panto with her mummy and daddy, the little girl replies, Oh no, mummy died recently in a car crash and proceeds to describe what happened in detail. What would Joe do in this situation? Just say, don't worry, she's behind you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, she isn't. (laughs) And then just throw sweets at her. (laughs) Hope this helps. Margaret, you did Panto last year. I did, yeah. Best experience of your life. Best experience of my life. (laughs) Where were you? She was at the Lyric. Lyric? Yeah, Lyric, Lyric. That's a big one, right? 
Yeah, it's one of those ones that doesn't have famous, famous people in it, obviously. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that was good. Did no, you got I to change that attitude. I did. Um... <laughs> it's the only one you are the famous. <laughs> Dress for the job you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, um, I'm just remembering that I spent the entire panto dressed as a variety pigeon. of pigeons. <laughs> she was amazing. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. What was the panto? Dick Whissington. And I did have to stop a child coming on with a lightsaber and <laughs> trying to destroy Tomcat. Aww. I did. Um, it was weird because I was the only parent in the cast and I felt like I was the only one who knew how to deal with kids in that everyone else was just going oh it's all oh it's all right it's all right and I went in and I fucking got the lightsaber <laughs> I grabbed it off and I went it's the end now <laughs> sit down <laughs> I was backstage at that point so no one saw the pigeon doing that <laughs> but yeah yeah. Chris, what would you do in this situation? Or what do you think Joe would do in this situation? I can't remember what the situation yeah. <laughs> What is the situation? So there's a little child that's come on stage. Joe like has said, are you here with Mummy and Daddy? Mummy has recently died in a car crash. And she starts telling the story of Mummy's death on stage. What do you think Joe would do in that situation? Look the child in the eyes and begin to sing, I closed my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Until the child left. <laughs> round and round and round until the child goes. That's an answer. <laughs> it's an I answer. I mean, you asked a question and I spoke after it, and I suppose in that sense, it's an answer. It totally works. <laughs> Michael Legg, I think you've got a true caring heart, so I think you could at least empathise with Joe and understand what he would do in the situation. No, but I think Joe's way more caring and sensitive than me. You know, he's, not only is he a professional actor, uh. he's also a very <laughs> decent human being. And yeah. unlike me, he probably wouldn't burst into laughter. <laughs> <laughs> and go, life sucks. Learn from it. <laughs> I guess you'd have to acknowledge it, wouldn't you? You'd I feel like I them. would start crying and the kid would end up comforting me. Oh, my that's God. Gen- <laughs> that, is, that is genuinely what I think. Pull well, my that's fucking eyes out. <laughs> I think, oh. Joe, so what did you do, Joe? What did you do? What did sorry, I, no? sorry, it's your show. <laughs> <laughs> It's like having Lorraine Kelly on. <laughs> Joe, what did you do in this situation? Well, Joe, Joe, what did you do in this situation? <laughs> <laughs> there were four children on stage and all their mothers are done. <laughs> but no, it wasn't, it wasn't group therapy. Okay. <laughs> they come in the it. same minibus, that was the clue. <laughs> I went down the line and she was the third that I'd met. Right. And because she was so young, she didn't really know anything else. So it was quite a blunt answer that she'd given. She'd come yeah. with her nap. And there was one boy after us. And because she started to sort of describe it in such a way, there was an audible gasp from yeah. the audience. Then particularly when she went on to describe it. But it's sort of like everybody understood that she was a child. They didn't really have a frame of reference. So I, I listened to her. We all listened to her. You know... You can't really sing old MacDonald out of farm after that with any of them. That's, you can't do it. So I, I went, there was one more boy to meet, and I said, I'm so sorry. And I went round, and I asked the little boy what his name was, and he turned to her, and he said, I'm sorry. Oh, and, oh God, God, and, I um, this is too much. I might have to go. 
And, and yeah, and, and yeah. I got in their bags and they went down and then uh, the nan that they were with, yeah, I know, the nan yeah, that yeah. they were with brought her back and uh, said thank you. She said that's just how she talks to everybody about it. And I think everybody there that day sort of learned a lesson in that, you know, mm. panto is worth something still. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh. Definitely. In all seriousness, I had that, I've had that situation. <laughs> really? No, no, I'm not even joking now. I was doing my show in Edinburgh in 2016, and I turned, this is true, this is, you know what I mean? But true is. <laughs> yeah, we all know no, what we you know, mean, Anna. This is, this, there's true, and then there's, this is actually true. <laughs> there's a point in my show in 2016 where I said, now let's talk about death. And someone on the front row, and I said, death is a real problem, actually. You know what I mean? <laughs> And so, because it is. And some, well, it is. It's getting worse, if anything. And someone on the front row burst into tears. This is true. And they said, well, my, my mum's just died. And it is that, sorry, it's, it's real now. But you go, fuck, what do you do? But we, it is this weird thing where the whole crowd just kind of is with you, aren't they, immediately? What did you do? What, what, how, what, do you, how do you change gear back into I the show? I think I started talking about Danka Jonathan. <laughs> and here no. he is now. I don't know. <laughs> Come, everybody. No, I don't know. I think, I think we, I, I'm trying to remember. It's a real, like... I mean, you must have had those shows where you're suddenly, yeah. like, it's a real moment. You go... And you sort of go yeah. on animal instinct. It's like the mother who lifts yeah. the car out of the way of their child who is going to be hit by a car. Um, it's a, it's a wait, moving so, car and something's yeah. lifting it up. No, she's, she's yes, lifting this out of the way to allow the car. <laughs> I'm not saying doing a show at the Edinburgh Festival is superhuman, but it's similar. <laughs> you suddenly find this moment, you somehow deal with it. It's because, you know, we're all going to die. Spoilers. <laughs> No, what I'm saying is that weirdly you find a way, don't you? I think the answer is you find a way. Find a way. Joe, and everyone learns. Are you going to give your points to Margaret for crying? That's exactly what I'm going to do. Uh-huh. Yeah. It pays off! Finally, it pays off! <laughs> Thank you, Joe. And before you go, is there anything you would like to plug? I think this plug? is the best night in my life. <laughs> I was wondering whether I was just having a stroke. <laughs> I don't want to so plug anything. I agree. It's been well, I've had the nicest time. Oh. Oh. I've laughed so much. Oh. But also, you are in Panto. Yeah. Where uh, are in you? Norwich. Yeah, it's in Norwich. It's ages away. Don't come. It's <laughs> <not> <laughs> that. Seriously, don't. They're local ones. <laughs> <laughs> Big round of applause for Panto expert Joe Justine. Brilliant. Just like your dad roasting his chestnuts on an open fire because his mate Craig said it's pretty much the same as a vasectomy, it's time to do the wrong thing. is the wrongest thing to do in any given situation. The winner gets five gold bomb rings. <laughs> not a thing, you, but now that? I think it's bum rings. Thing. Yeah. Bum rings. Yeah, bum five rings. gold bum rings. Yeah. It's from Danielle's show on QVC. <laughs> <laughs> bum rings are a real thing. Bum rings are, are they? Yeah. Oh, really? 
Yes. It's just your bum <laughs> ring. But it's, got... it's just your bum <laughs> ring. Yeah, ring of your bum. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant something like a ring oh, and then yeah, yeah, exactly. bum someone. Danka Jonathan wears five gold <laughs> bum rings on his left hand. Danka Jonathan has it's a whole like glove. The... <laughs> <laughs> it's like Bobby George. He's the Bobby George of bumming. Maybe it's cold outside. What is the wrong thing to do? Vote leave. <laughs> <laughs> It's a bit late. It's possible it'll come up again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Snow is falling all around you. What is the wrong thing to do? Go Panic! On. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's only snow. <laughs> the boys at the NYPD choir are singing Go Away Bay. What is the wrong thing to do? Ask them if they know anything by Crazy Frog. <laughs> <laughs> We all want some figgy pudding. What is the wrong thing to do? Run out of toilet roll. <laughs> offer, <laughs> offer some jiggy pudding. Oh, sexy Margaret. Someone's oh, tears have dried up. <laughs> Everyone's just feeling sorry for me because I'm crying. Are you still crying? <laughs> <laughs> all aboard. So what are the final scores, producer Ben? Margaret and Anna have a very creditable nine. Yes. But Merry Christmas to Michael and Chris, who got 11 and a half. Oh. <laughs> a tin of quality street to our winners. A street... <laughs> oh, go on. Go on. A street you can do it. of quality... <laughs> a street of, of quality, quality tins... <laughs> <laughs> Losers! Danielle won! Well done, Chris and Michael. Thanks for listening to the show. Happy holidays! Happy Do the Christmas. right thing, Pete. Anna Mann, a.k.a. Colin Holt, Chris Addison, Michael Cable Smith, Michael Lake, expert guest George Seeley, and me, Danielle Ward. I advise that producer and walk out for the script together with extra tunes from David Reed, Miles and Wilder for music. Thanks for the presents for having us, and to Josh Grubb for helping out and bringing us lots of drinks. Do the right thing is a festive buzz production for the Christmas internet. Also, if you fancy it, go to dothemoneything.com if you're feeling generous. Or also, if you look at food bank or shelter or any other thing that makes you feel good this Christmas. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. And happy Thanksgiving. And Danke, Jonathan. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.